Hey friends, welcome to Monday and today's episode of Enough for Today and happy July the 4th. I hope that you have a great day. I hope that you spend time today thanking God for, uh, if you are in America, I hope you thank God, an American, I hope you thank God for our country, for our freedoms, for our liberties, and the fact that we have the, the liberty to even do what we're doing right now, publicly open the scriptures, exalt God, uh, go through his word together, publish his gospel, tell others about him, uh, love our family and friends, and wherever you are, I hope you celebrate today, enjoy uh, some great food and great friendships and fellowship. I hope you find some fireworks to watch. Um, I am spending the day with Dana, and we will probably be holding hands a lot, taking a lot of walks. We'll probably sit down and watch some fireworks. Um, and so wherever you are, God bless you and yours, and thank God for his goodness to us. We're in Psalm 51. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We are picking it up in verse 18. <clears throat> David has said, um, he's repented, God uh, cleanse me, God renew me, restore me, and now God use me. <clears throat> and he taught us in verses 16 and 17 what real sacrifice is, and that is an act of the heart. So giving to God anything uh, out of obligation or duty is not a real sacrifice. It, 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 it's not valid, okay? We think... We define the term sacrifice as um, the giving up of something almost against our will, okay? Like cutting into our, to our, to the world that we love and, and rendering to God, um, to, to our loss, something that he wants, <clears throat> almost out of obligation, out of duty, out of uh, a sense of, I have to. But like, almost like asceticism, like I'm going to bend my will and, you know, against my will, I'm going to give to God, you know, I know you want this, I'm going to give it to you and then you're just going to be happy that I did and it's going to discipline me to love that less and love God more and it's such a wrenching experience, which is not at all what the experience of sacrificing to God should be, okay? Um, in fact, giving out of that heart negates the sacrifice um, because what God says in verses 16 and 17 is I want your heart and if you can't give me your heart then don't give me your sacrifice don't give me your offering it's not a real sacrifice it's not a real offering um, if you're offering it unwillingly if you're if you're offering it out of uh, to use Paul's New Testament terms grudgingly or of necessity okay if you're forcing yourself to give it, then why are you giving it? Most likely to get something in return or uh, to keep God from whacking you in some way that you think he's going to whack you, okay? So you're doing this out of duty or obligation instead of out of joy and out of abundance, out of, out of provision, okay? I, I, what I'm trying to tell you right now changed my life. A long time in my Christian life, I just, I was kind of like an Old Testament Jew. I was kind of stuck in the rut that God is pleased with my, with my 10%, that God is pleased with my hard work. That God, now, even as I say that, on one level he is, and I understand that, but hang on, let me finish the statement, okay? Um, <clears throat> that, that I had to do these things. 
And so the motivation was more um, swimming upstream against my will. Okay, I'm going to give. It's hard to give. I don't really want to. I'm not really giving out of provision. I'm giving out of necessity, um, hoping that God will respond and make up the difference, okay? But everything changed when I began to look truly at giving. And I'm, 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 I'm talking about this because David's offering, talking about sacrifices. And the modern equivalent would be our rendering of service, our experiencing of the Lord's table, our faithfulness, our devotion, and our, and our financial offerings through our local church. That would be the modern-day equivalent of how we supplant the gospel in our lives by trying to give to God and do for God in, in performance-based ways that we expect him or hope that he will um, respond to, okay? But the sense of it, the motivational core of it is uh, kind of against our will. It's not free-flowing. We don't look forward to it. it. We don't take joy in it. We don't experience joy from it. But we try to fake joy. We try to produce that joy because we know God loves a cheerful giver, right? So try to be cheerful about it. What David is saying is we need to come to the place where we realize that it's the sincerity of the heart uh, that really matters. It is the joy of the heart that actually makes this, by definition, an offering. And giving to God anything uh, without that sincere, broken, contrite uh, posture, without that humble, willing, God, I don't deserve you, but I love you posture. And God, you've been already so good to me. I'm going to render back a portion of your goodness. Wh- where am I getting that? Because every lamb, every bullock, every goat that they offered, every every offering they gave to God and that you and I give to God is, is out of what he's already given us. And, and it's out of his, his abundance. It's out of his uh, good pleasure in us and over us, even when we don't deserve it, okay? So David says, I know you don't delight in sacrifices. You delight in the condition, the quality of heart and spirit. And so, my friend, um, recognize that you're giving your heart. You're not just giving an offering. You're not just going to church, going through motions, going through singing, going through. No, you're giving your heart. And if you're not giving your heart, you may as well not give anything because it's the heart behind. Remember the Polaroid illustration? It's the heart behind. It's the image behind the Polaroid. It's the substantive person that you love. It's the heart that God wants. And he's going to say that now uh, coming up in the next few verses. So we pick it up today in verse 18. So God says in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. The counter being, God is not impressed with an offering that doesn't come from a sincere heart, okay, and a loving heart, uh, and a broken and contrite, a humble heart. Verse 18 picks it up. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Now, verse 18 almost seems like, where did he go there, okay? David's talking about his spirit and his heart and his offering to God. But remember who David is. He's the king of Israel. And he's a good king, and he, he's a king. Uh, the essence of this is he's responsible for his nation. He's responsible for Jerusalem. He's responsible for people. 
and and the uh, the practical application is David has a sense that his sin could affect his role of leadership, which affects the people he leads. And so he's taking responsibility and he's asking God uh, to prevent that trickle out, that trickle, that flowing out, that rippling out impact of what he's done on the people that he loves and leads. So in essence, he's saying, God, do good and be good in thy good pleasure unto the people I love and lead. Um, Deliver them from the impact of my sin. Uh, How many times I've prayed that as a parent? Uh, How many times I've prayed that as a pastor? God, don't let my struggles, my faults, my failures impact my family, my kids, my church. Uh, Lord, do good to them. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. God, strengthen and fortify these people in this city in spite of me. That's what David's praying. And that's a wonderful prayer. But then verse 19, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. For then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Now, David wraps up this whole song, this whole prayer of repentance with a corporate sense, a very real corporate expression of worship. But I want you to to, to connect the dots. Earlier he said, you don't desire sacrifice and and, um, you don't don't want um, more burnt offerings. You want broken heart, contrite spirit, sincerity. You want pure love, repentance from a humble heart. In that, you want to do a work of redemption in me and in others around me who also have that sincere heart. And then out of that heart, thou shalt be pleased with sacrifices of righteousness. Now, this comes back to the thought I shared with you earlier. I said, I know God's pleased with our works. Don't, you know, don't get ahead of me. God's pleased with your good works on the basis of his mercy received from your broken, humble, sincere posture. So here's the order, my friend. He's not simply pleased because you're working hard for him. He's not simply pleased because you're just killing it, okay? Um, Both literally in the Old Testament and and metaphorically in our New Testament era, in our living. We're killing it in terms of our expressions of devotion, okay? To the degree that those offerings are the manifestation of sincere love born out of sincere repentance and a redemptive relationship with God, to the degree that he has your love and heart, because you've experienced his, then all of those sacrifices of righteousness are meaningful to God, every one of them. Your praise, your clapping, your singing, your offering, your giving, your serving, your going, your witnessing, your attendance in church, your participation in groups and classes, your, 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 your discipleship of others, your, your participation on teams, all of it is meaningful to God when it's born out of a heart of sincere love for him. Then, shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness and with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. And then, and by the way, here's the corporate sense of it. The modern day iteration of this is local church. Okay. The Old Testament iteration was ancient Israel coming together to worship God, to offer sacrifices together. It was to be a purity of the corporate body of people, worshiping him with one heart and one voice, 
offering sacrifices to him. And David's saying, God, as you make me right, and as I speak to others and teach them, you're going to make them right. And then together we bring our sincere hearts to you, and you're pleased with all of us worshiping you together. That is what local church and redemptive living is all about. And so we finish Psalm 51. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you tomorrow.